Good evening. Welcome to the PSI podcast. My name is Kat and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI seminars, welcome to the call. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 45 years. And each month on these calls, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI basic course as a free resource for you and your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about our basic course, go to psibasicseminar.com where you'll find information about the PSI Basic as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psibasicseminar.com. The topic for tonight's call is getting out of your own way. And your speaker for tonight is PSI Area Director Gary Perez. Gary attended all of the PSI courses in 1989 and has been involved with PSI seminars for over 25 years. He is currently the area director in the Bay Area office and is passionate about people living their lives to the fullest. Gary, are you with us? Yes, I am. Thank you, Kat. Welcome. We're excited to hear what you have for us tonight. Yeah, I am excited to talk about this, given that this is something that is very near and dear to my heart. I absolutely procrastinated on putting the material together for this podcast. So I had something I'm definitely an experience of, of getting my own self out of the way. So let's take a look at this. So what is it about us that gets in our way? Well, we're going to have to take a look at where do we get that behavior from and that thinking that obviously stops us in some areas of our lives. So let's take a look at when you're born into this world. And we can, we can, uh, visualize this as if we drew like a bullseye target on a piece of paper and at the center in that first circle is you you're born into this world with everything it takes you're a success breeding machine you have all the tools and skills and everything you need to be a success at that age we our minds are growing at uh, phenomenal rates And we are absorbing everything in our environment and everything that's around us. And we're beginning that learning process. However, you, that perfect entity, that perfect being, is now experiencing life. And it's in through life's experiences and through the events in our lives that we start to develop our thinking. So... That thinking, and we're going to use a term that we also use in a lot of our classes. That thinking is like the way you program a computer. You put in some stuff and you tell the computer, this is what I want you to do or the task that I want you to do. Well, the same thing kind of happens with our minds. Our minds are brilliantly wired to, to do a certain function. And its main function is to keep us safe. So one of the things I, I realized in, in doing this work is that a lot of the thinking that I've gotten, I am totally unconscious to. So I'll give you an example. I'm born into this world. I have everything it takes to be successful. However, somewhere in life, I have an event that I then develop some unconscious thinking. So I'll give you an example. Second grade, I'm doing a math problem on the board. Back then we had chalkboards. 
And uh, I, I really messed up and made a mistake on, on the equation. Now, the teacher said to me, that was a stupid mistake. The class laughed, and I felt so ashamed and embarrassed. However, when the teacher said that was a stupid mistake, what I heard as a second as a child in second grade was is that I am stupid. And from that point on, it got engraved into my brain that somehow I was lacking. Now, of course, that was made up because what truly what the teacher said was uh, that was a stupid mistake. From that point on, so if we look at the bullseye itself, you, the perfect person, beingness that is born into this world, the next ring outside of you, you've now developed your thinking, your belief systems, and your what we call programs. So programs are the term that we use for those limiting beliefs that we picked up along the way in our experiences in life. Now, that ring of thinking and beliefs then generates the next ring out. So now we're at the third ring out from you. And that is your attitude and what you feel. So in the moment that I screwed up on that problem on the chalkboard, I felt embarrassment. So in life, I relive those moments when I don't feel like I, I am enough or in some form or fashion I am lacking. So I then repeat those feelings again of embarrassment and not being enough. Now, our attitudes and feelings then generate the next ring out, which is our behavior. It's our actions. And then ultimately, those actions then generate our results. So this diagram shows how we develop our thinking. Now, the cool thing about this is if you look at this diagram with you in the center in the bullseye, what you realize is, is that I am the one that created the thinking to begin with. So our thinking is attached to our experiences and the memories of events in our lives and all the stuff that we made up about those events. So it's funny, we, we talk about why didn't I get up and do this task or why didn't I show up for this? So this is a perfect example of my thinking is around I am not enough. I somehow lack. So I don't show up when I know that I have the capabilities of showing up. So all of us have this deep down ingrained feeling that we know that we're destined for something bigger. We know that there's something greater out there. However, there's this, this, this process that goes on within us that stops us. So let's take a look at what exactly is that? So now we know where the thinking comes from. So now let's look at what does that really look like? Well, the sinking of the Titanic comes to mind. Now, I don't know the exact story behind it, but just, just play, play with me. So the Titanic hits an iceberg. Now, what we know about an iceberg is there's only about 10% of it that shows above the water. The 90%, the greater bulk of that iceberg, 
is below the waterline. It's kind of like our consciousness. It's kind of like our minds. There's 10% of our thinking that we're totally aware of. However, underneath that waterline is all of our thinking or programs that we're unaware of. So even though 10% consciously, I am saying I want to create X. I've got possibly up to 90% of my mind working against me. So our programs and those beliefs, especially if I look at where I was in second grade, I was totally unconscious to it. Now, if we look at how that works, so I in second grade then create this belief that I somehow lack. The job of that belief, that program, is to now gather evidence to support the belief. So I started to become more conscious of I'm the last one to be picked in sports. And I started to realize the reason why I was the last one to be picked in sports was because I was the short Filipino kid. Somehow Filipino had something to do with it too. So I started to make up all of these things about why I can't versus why I can't because it supported the belief. So here's some, here's some, uh, there were some studies done on, you know, what ages do we get all this behavior from? So let's take a look at that. Now the studies show that from the ages of zero to four, 50% of our thinking is in place. Our minds are like sponges. They're soaking up everything around us. Ages four to eight, there's another 30%. And then eight to 18, by the time we're 18, we're, we've got a total of 95%. So eight to 18, we've added an additional 15%. So think about that. By the age of 18, 95% of your thinking and behaviors are in place. You know, I thought about that when I first heard that. And what I realized is a lot of the decisions and choices that I was making in my life were based on an 18-year-old. And I thought that was kind of funny that, however, it made a lot of sense to me. Now, that thinking then becomes the filter by which we view life through. So it's kind of like, if I were wearing blue sunglasses, and I use this, this metaphor a lot in a, a lot of the trainings that we do. So if I'm wearing blue sunglasses, there is no possibility that I am going to get accurate information in. And I will respond to the inaccurate information, meaning everything I see will have a blue tint to it. Well, our programs and limiting beliefs pretty much operate the same way. They become the filter by which we view the world, ourselves, life, and other people. So I'll give you, going back to that second grade example. So I have this unconscious belief that I'm not enough. Now, as an adult, I'm still carrying that belief with me. And again, the job of a program is to gather evidence or create evidence to support the belief. So let's say, and this is actually a true story, let's say my wife comes home and she says, and she notices that the garbage is full. And she says to me, why didn't you empty the garbage? Well, 
I still have my glasses on that are filtered through the belief that I'm not enough. So what I hear from her is, is that I don't do enough around the house. One more time, I don't do enough. I then feel the same embarrassment, the same thing I felt as that, that child in second grade. I then react to it and then I proceed to get in an argument and tell her all the things that she doesn't do around the house. So oftentimes our programs, our beliefs actually set us up. Now, if I'm to take a look at that same scenario, meaning taking the glasses off and operating from a more objective place, what, all she said was, why didn't I take out the garbage? I kind of laugh at that after I thought about it and after it happened. And what I realized is, is how much I made up in just that one little statement. So a simple response for me after I've taken the filters off was, you know what, I forgot to take it out. I'll, I'll handle that right now. So, so often our thinking and the voice, and so our thinking shows up as voices in our head. I remember when that happened and the first voice that came off in my head was, well, you don't do this in the house and you don't make the bed. And, and so those voices are what we want to become more conscious of because really those voices are, are, is really our thinking. And that's what we get to look at. Another example is uh, getting my own self out of the way is I go through this every morning. Now I have a goal to stay in shape to work out, to exercise, to eat right and so forth. But let's take exercise because that's a biggie for me and it's one that shows up every morning. Showed up this morning as a matter of fact. So I'm laying in bed, the alarm goes off. Now in my head, the voice is going, you're tired, just lay there for a while and hit the snooze button. And I do exactly what, it, what that voice says. Finally I go, okay, I've gotta get up. Now, if we're to look at it from a from a overview perspective, the main goal is to get to the to my gym, which is only downstairs, and work out. Now, to me, that is a big deal. I'm tired. Uh, sugar levels are low, and so the first thing I have to do is to talk myself into putting my sweats on, meaning. I'm not going to think about going down to the gym. I'm going to think about doing the one thing that is the easiest. And the easiest thing for me to do is put on my sweats. Now, now I've got my sweats on. I'm ready to work out. Got my tennis shoes on. Now I know the next thing I have to do is get myself downstairs. So I take action and I go downstairs. Now I'm downstairs in my gym staring at my weight machine. And again, the voices go off and go, well, I don't think you're going to be able to do a full set today. You're tired. Uh, however, when the voices go off, I also keep in mind my big goal. My big goal is to stay in shape and the rewards that I get from that. I get to feel good about myself. So then I go over to the machine. So what I am saying is, is that I've taken something that was so big before to me and just took small bites out of it. 
And the small bites that I took out of it was just simple actions that I can take to move towards ultimately what I want to have happen. So let's take a look at <coughs> what exactly our thinking does. Our thinking is like a box. So if we look at a box, if you were to draw down on a piece of paper a box, if you look inside that box, let's say that represents everything that you ever created, manifested, experienced in your life. It's all contained within that box. Now, outside of the box are the things that you say you want, you want to create, want to experience, want to manifest. Now, the walls of that box represent the limited thinking. So there is actually a function to that limited thinking. Those belief systems, those programs, they are designed to keep you safe. So I'll give you another example of what I mean by that. As a child, I put my hand in a fire. You know, there were candles and that we had around the house, and I stuck my finger in the flame just to see what it was like, like a, you know, like a kid would. And, of course, I got burned. Now, unconsciously, my system take, takes over. And I had a physical pain. I started to cry. I had an emotional experience. Now it's ingrained into my head that don't touch the fire because you're going to get burnt. So that's an example of where our programs actually work for us. And, and I want to make this very clear. Our belief systems and programs, they're neutral. They're not good, they're not bad, they're not right, they're not wrong, it's just what is. So if we look at our programs, are designed to keep us safe. However, some of those programs also keep us from having the life that we want to create, the things that we want to have. It keeps us from those greater things that we want to expand our life to. So let's take a look at this box. So in, in that box is, our, is, our, is the life that we currently have. Not good, bad, right around. It's just what it is. Outside the box are all the things that we say we want. Now, whenever we get to the edge of our box, what happens is, is we have a reaction. Now, what I mean by a reaction is, for me, getting out of bed, the reaction is the voices go off and I, and I go to a place of making up excuses and stories in my mind. And that's the brilliant part of our programs. They, they'll make up all the excuses and reasons why not to. Now, as you go and do more of this work, you start becoming more aware of those voices. So it's kind of like we often say, I want something, and then we do something else. Well, the reason why we did it was because the programs were doing their job. They were keeping us within that box. However, we've got to keep our mind on the prize. We've got to keep our mindset on the things that we truly deserve, that we truly want to create in our life. So if our programs, meaning the walls of our box, if they are creating the excuses, the stories, and the reasons why not to do it, to, in other words, to stay where we are, then what it's going to feel like going after what we truly do want 
that thing or things that are, are experienced that is outside of our box, we've got to be unreasonable. So if we're limited and kept in our box by reasons, we've got to be unreasonable. Now, I'm not saying be inappropriate or, or you know, anything that could cause damage or hurt or anything like that. But I'm saying unreasonable and going against that feeling, that thought process, that, that thing. What it really is, is we are risking. So the walls of our box, the only way that we can then create something outside of it is we've got to risk. We've got to be willing to go against what the voices are telling us in our head. Now, whenever we get to the edge of our box, the best way that we can tell that we are challenging one, one of our programs or our programs or belief systems, the one way that we can tell is we have a reaction. So anytime we react to something, there is a, there is a thought process that is being challenged. Now, many of us have people in our lives that push our buttons. That would be a reaction. It's a place to look and go, okay, so what am I reacting to? Well, I'm reacting to a thought process that is being challenged. Again, this is looking at it from a totally neutral place. Not good, bad, right, or wrong. It's just what is, and it's, it's a place to check in. Now, one of the things that I know is, is that no matter what, I've got to take an action. So I've had several businesses. I've had uh, many experiences where I constantly challenge myself. In fact, I constantly look for places to challenge myself because the one thing I do know is that every time I risk, I expand that box. Now, that expansion occurs not from a place of I've got to win to expand that box because it's the action that expands the box because on the other side of that limiting belief, as we expand and as we go off after those things that are outside of our box, one thing that I know is true is that whether we win or lose, the one thing that we have absolute, uh, an absolute way or absolute thing to connect to is education. So meaning that, if there's one thing that I definitely will get, win or lose, is an education. And really, that's what the expansion of that box is about. So anytime I obtain anything outside the box, I've just expanded who I am. And anytime I go after something outside my box and I don't get it, I also get an education, which also expands who I am. Now, think of it this way. Expansion of consciousness, that's how we create more in our lives. Every, every time that we risk, and if you look back as a childhood, all the times that you risked, think of all the first times, that first kiss, the first time that you bought a car, the first time you graduated from high school, all of those things gave you education. They expanded who you are. In, in the first class, we used to tell a story. And the first class was the basic with PSI seminars. And the story goes like this. Uh, and this is based on some truth. However, I, I believe it's fiction. But anyway, it, it makes a good point. 
South African farmer. There's been seven years of drought and war. And this farmer is looking for a way to survive. And he's walking through the barren fields of his farm and there's nothing growing. And the only thing that he sees is that his poor family is in a dangerous area and he's just trying to find a way to survive. So he's contemplating and thinking and he's walking through his barren fields and he's kicking the stones. He finally realizes that the one asset that he has that will help him survive is the farm. So he sells the farm. He sells the farm to the De Beers Corporation. Now, the De Beers Corporation, if you don't know, is the diamond company. It's that cartel that created the diamond industry in, in Africa. Literally, the stones that he was kicking on the ground were raw diamonds sitting on the surface. The point in that story was, is, is that his consciousness wasn't big enough to see the very wealth at his feet. And so it is true for us. I believe that there is abundance all around us. And we know this consciously. We see that there are people making money everywhere. So if we're talking about wealth, we see that there are people creating relationships that we absolutely look up to and admire. So we know it's out there. However, our consciousness isn't big enough to see it. Another way to put it is, is that if we look at the results that we have in our life, and if they're not what we want, we attract only what will fit into our box. So the amount of wealth you can make, the kind of relationships and so forth. So the only way to expand the box so it holds more is to risk. Now, I know that I, as I was going through this work and doing this work, that there were a lot of times that I was like, oh my God, what is it about me that keeps creating the results that I don't want? And I used to go down this tube of depression. I used to think, well, maybe I'm not meant to have that. Bob Proctor said this one thing that I really, I, I really took to, to heart. And that is, all humans all human suffering is as a result of our thinking opposing a reality. So when I look at that, there, the reality is, is that I am a totally capable human being. I am an infinite possibility. And the only way that I'm going to realize that is that I've got a risk. It's kind of like waking up in the morning, go, okay, so where am I going to risk? Now, I'm not talking about jumping off of a building, leaping out of a plane or anything like that. I'm talking about the risk. Me doing this podcast for me is a risk because I've got, I want to do it right. I want to make sure I say the right words, blah, 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 blah. We all go through that kind of stuff. So when we look at getting our own self out of the way, the one thing I'm going to do, I, I absolutely believe in is that I love the Nike commercial. The Nike commercial uh, is the slogan is just do it. Uh, and I totally believe that the value in action is that 
win or lose, I know I'm going to get something out of it. And I'm going to expand more of who I am just by taking the action. Babe Ruth put it this way. You got to be willing to strike out to hit the home runs. So not only was Babe Ruth the strikeout king, he was also the strikeout king as well. I mean, he hit home runs, but he knew that he swung and wasn't, didn't care about striking out. He was definitely a guy that played to win. The other thing that stops us is that we get paralyzed by analyzing things and overthinking things, which then leads to confusion. Well, a lot of that is how our program set us up to not to not risk or not take action. Confusion is just another form of avoidance, meaning avoiding what possible risk or whatever fear. So whenever we approach the walls of our box or we're, we're getting ready to get through to the other side, the one reaction that definitely comes up will be fear. And so what will get us to the other side is allowing ourselves to shift from being fearful to being courageous. I guess, and I know it's been said that courage can only exist in the presence of fear. Now, I know one of the things that I've gained confidence through and built more self-esteem was just by doing that simple thing. If it scares me, be courageous enough to take action and do something about it. All of the things that we say we want, want to create, want to experience, are all based on agreements that we make with ourselves. And I strongly believe this, that self-esteem is based on a lot of the agreements that we're willing to keep. So it's kind of like if I don't keep this small agreement, it chips away at my self-esteem. I don't return that phone call. I don't do what I said. I don't show up on time. All those little things add up to a bigger thing. It's the foundation by which our dreams are built. Those dreams can't become a reality unless we're willing to keep our agreements with ourselves. So keeping an agreement with my wife of emptying the garbage. Well, by doing that, it shows that I can have that number 10 relationship, meaning that my commitment to the relationship is bigger than being right about what my wife doesn't do around the house. You've got to have a big why. You've got to have something big enough out there that you're willing to risk and go, this is important. I deserve this. When we commit to that bigger thing, uh, we use this phrase in, in our classes, and that is, Whenever a commitment is, is present, so is sacrifice. So now I got to let go of something. So if we use that garbage, uh, emptying the garbage scenario, what I've got to let go of is just being right or let go of making her wrong. Let go of my ego stuff. So commitment to me and agreements are the foundation by which our dreams are built but which makes them a reality. So any time that I am inactive, I know I'm paying a price for that bigger life, that bigger thing that I deserve in life. However, the work begins with really understanding what that thinking and where it's coming from. So Kat, are you still there? I am. So 
Um, I understand we have some questions, or uh, do we have a little bit more time to talk about uh, what's getting in our way? Uh, well, you really summed that up. That was awesome. It is. We have a lot of questions, so let's move into that. But before we go into the questions, I just want to take a moment for everyone on the call who has not yet done our classes. If you want more tools to support you in getting out of your own way, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to achieve goals beyond what you previously thought possible. And for the results you really want to create in your life, at the basic seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what's been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. The basic is an experiential class where you will be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. Again, if there's anything you want more, better, or different for yourself in your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, so find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's psibasicseminar.com. So first up for questions from A.B., how do you stay confident even when others don't agree or seem to judge me? Wow, that's a tough one, especially for, for me and my not enough stuff. Huh? Um, I think, first of all, I've got to quit, and, and I'm speaking from my own experience, I've got to stop worrying about what other people think. That's number one. Uh, to take the, to, to take an action and do it anyway. Um, I've done some pretty, uh, crazy things in my life and look up and going, boy, did I look foolish. However, getting to the other side of it, even though I look foolish doing it, what I realized was one, I got an education, I learned from it and I became bigger and better as a result. Um, a friend of mine once put it this way, is that do what you need to do for you because when it comes time to pay the rent, none of those people will be around to pay the rent. So why do you give them so much value? And in other words, they're paying rent. They should be paying rent to be in your head. <laughs> Does that answer that question? You know, that I think that that self-confidence piece is a muscle that you develop. And one, we definitely work on in our classes and it's a practice and uh, having that confidence where you can be like a Teflon pan, even when somebody doesn't agree or they judge you, uh, you just got to remember that you've got to be your biggest cheerleader. If you're not going to, then who yeah. is? Uh, and, and that's the other part of it too, is I, I believe confidence is is a beingness that comes as a result of getting that nothing is bigger than you. However, remember our belief systems exist because they gather evidence or create evidence to support the belief. So why not create evidence on the other side of the coin, meaning how great you are? Um, confidence is a result of you achieving and doing things that you thought were so big. And then you go, oh my God, I did that. And each time that you keep an agreement, even though it may be a small agreement, each time that you take an action, each time that you keep a commitment, it builds your self-esteem and your confidence. 
So it's kind of like you want to look for those things that challenge you. It's, it's definitely the risk factor. Be willing to risk. And as, as you risk, you start building evidence that nothing is bigger than you. We've got an advanced cal- class called the Life Success Seminar. And that class is definitely geared towards challenging, uh, challenging you in all areas. However, what I do know from my experience with the participants is they definitely come out on the other side more confident in who they are and what they can, what they can achieve. Next. Oh, for sure. And you know what? The bigger goals and dreams you have, the more people aren't going to agree with you and the more people are going to judge you. It's just part of the deal. Goes with the territory. Yep. Next up from SB. Sometimes I am my worst enemy. I have a difficult time following my gut instincts because I overanalyze. Making decisions is hard for me. How can I be better and more decisive? Wow. Okay. So... You know, my experience is, is that overthinking and all of that is as a result of ways to avoid. Uh, to be more decisive, it's, it's when we avoid making a decision, what we're really avoiding is being wrong at some level. It's the analysis by par- uh, paralysis by analysis. And the main objective in that is to be right because we don't want to be wrong. So, again, it goes back to just do it. It goes back to taking the action, being willing to risk being wrong. Um, there, there is a specific tool that I use when I find myself in my head and thinking about it. I go back to my why. Why am I doing this? And Getting my own self out of the way may mean that I've got to take a smaller action, meaning something that is more achievable for me towards that bigger goal. So it's just like getting up in the morning, going to work out. First thing I got to do is put on my sweats. So I talk myself into just putting my sweats on. And that's kind of how I go after things is that. I may see it as big, which causes all the indecisiveness and all the weight and all the worry versus the little steps that I could take. And I've used that same formula, so to speak, in when I purchase businesses. So the first thing I look at is going, okay, first thing I need is a business license. Uh, Do my due diligence. So it's little steps along the way. Now, each time that I win at a step, then I become more decisive and more confident in, in my footing. Oh, that's great. Next from JG. How do I motivate myself to finish what I start and improve my focus? <laughs> um, that's a good one. Sometimes it's not going to feel good. Commitment, here, here's the deal about commitment. It doesn't care how you feel. The commitment becomes bigger. It's, it's kind of like... Uh, In my relationship with my wife, I know that I have a bigger commitment to that relationship being a 10. However, there's things along the way that I've got to be willing to give up in my commitment towards that 10. And it may not feel good in the process of doing it. So a lot of times we think that it's got to feel a certain way. And so... 
we take our eye off the ball because we think it's got to feel a certain way, it's got to look a certain way. And when I hear the word motivate, here's the reality. Motivation is, is an experience. It's like being inspired. However, who generates that? I generate it. I generate it within myself. So the question to ask yourself is, why aren't you motivated? Why would you choose not to be motivated to move towards something that you truly deserve? And if you can't answer that question, then maybe it's something that you don't deserve in terms of it doesn't match up to who you are as a human being. Maybe it's it's something that you feel like you need to do or uh, another way to put it, it's ego driven. If I have this or if I do this, then I will be this. And I don't know if that's a clear enough explanation, but a lot of times the goals that we don't get are ego driven because we think that if I have more money, then, then, then I'll be successful. If I drive this kind of car, then I will be this successful person or I'll, I'll attract more relationships into my life if I have this. Uh, it's, it goes back to really who are you being or choosing to be in that moment. I think the moment, that present moment is like, it's so powerful. Uh, Deepak Chopra was uh, quoting Bill Keen and he put it this way that um, the past is history, the future is a mystery, and this moment is a gift. And the context of it was that in the present is how we control the past and it's also how we how we make the future happen, how we cause the future to happen. So meaning in this present moment, the choices and decisions that I make right now in this moment now cause my future. And so as I think of it as if you really want to get motivated, if you're really looking for something to motivate you, it's looking and going, what I do right now is now going to cause my future. So what is it that I want to cause? Do I want to be in suffering and misery because I didn't obtain what I wanted? Or do I want to have the joy and exhilaration of achieving what I said I was going to achieve? So oftentimes we look outside of ourselves, whether it's the project, the goal, or whatever it is, to inspire us. Now, you can get that inspiration by your thought process and the filters by which you view it. However, the, the true inspiration comes from alignment within now, what I also know is that we have experienced things in our life for a reason. Um, I was, I was t uh, listening to Steve Jobs' Stanford commencement speech, and he talked about connecting the dots. And there were certain things that happened in his life that just kind of happened organically where he was very much in alignment. And what I mean by alignment, meaning that uh, – he aligned what he knows in his head with what he feels in his heart, and it was very much organic. He didn't have to think about it. He just did it. And it goes back to when he dropped out of uh, computer science and, and got into a calligraphy class because the college that he went to was known for its fonts and calligraphy and all of that stuff. So he takes this calligraphy class. Now, little did he know at that moment that calligra this calligraphy class 
would become very much a big part of his first computer that he created because the first computer that he created, the Mac, uh, the difference between that Mac and all the other computers that were at that time was that you can choose the font. So if we look back in our lives, all the things that we have gone through in our lives have brought us to this point and were necessary. So um, Mike Dooley, I think is his name, puts it this way, that things don't happen to us, they happen for us. And so I truly believe that our life's experience is definitely there for an education to move us forward and expand our consciousness so that we do become bigger and create more and become a contribution to mankind and this planet. Boy, I went off on a tangent on that one, didn't I? Well, that actually ties into a couple of different questions. Um, I'm going to go with this one. KH, how do I identify my gift to give back and put it into practice to help others? Um, you know, here's here. this is the struggle, okay? So I'm going to talk about something that some of you who have gone through our classes will understand and, and some of you who haven't, it might be a little bit on the advanced side. However, you may be able to relate. So if we look at our, our conscious or subconscious, right? So what we strive to do as human beings is align our conscious and our subconscious, meaning align what I know in my head, the conscious mind, with what I feel in my heart, the subconscious mind. Now, when I do that, I then connect to superconscious. Now, superconscious is God, infinite power, whatever you believe it to be. And what what I what I found in talking to other people who are experts in their fields and religious leaders and so forth that the superconscious, in that it is God, it's it's what we all connect to as human beings. It's it's how we are all connected. So. Superconscious is within us, it's around us, it's everywhere, it's in energy. Now, in that superconscious is vision. So, what happens is as we expand our consciousness, our vision, our purpose, our the direction that we're moving in is, is ever expanding and morphing and moving. So it's not written in stone. So oftentimes we're looking for something solid, concrete to go, here's the gift that I am and here's what I've got to present to the world. So when, so my wife and I, uh, along with SAI seminars, uh, we started working with the youth at risk in uh, neighborhoods in San Francisco. And now, I don't know what drew us to that. I mean, Kathy found interested in, in, in an article. She then talked me into it. And so then we all jumped into this thing called, and we had, back then it was called Operation Dream. It later became Camp Choice. And it's basically taking the kids up to our facility and, and doing work with them on self-esteem. Now, it was organic. It was like it's the same way Steve Jobs fell into his his calligraphy class. We saw a place to give and we gave. Now, I didn't know at the moment that that would be part of my life's purpose. I didn't know at the moment that it was part of my vision. However, if I connect the dots and the uh, life that I lived prior to doing this work – I didn't realize how much it connected to the work that I was doing with the kids. So 
it's a deep question and going, what is my gift? I believe that in every one of us, we do have an idea. So for me, what came up for me, especially as I became more aware and doing this work was that I, all I know is, is that I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to leave a mark. I wanted to, to look up uh, when my dying day came that there was something that I gave back. And the only thing that I can do to start seeing what that can be is just to go out and do it. And so taking on Camp Choice, working with the youth at risk, we just did it. It, w it was never driven by, I need to do this because it's in alignment with my purpose. I didn't even know it at the time. And I don't think Steve Jobs knew it at the time when he took the calligraphy class, that it was going to be part of that computer. I think when we are in alignment, that we're connected to vision and we are being the human being that we need to be that moves towards that vision. And so that's why it's so valuable, valuable to start becoming aware of those unconscious beliefs that 90% of thinking that we're unaware of because that's what upsets or obstructs the alignment between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And we've all been through that time when we're not in alignment. It's, it, we buy something and our, our, or we want to buy something and our head goes, uh, no, you can't afford it, but your heart's going, yeah, I deserve that and I want it. So that would be a misalignment. So the objective in doing this work is to be in alignment, be in balance, to create a peace of mind where we're then open to all the possibilities in our life. However, it takes work. You've got to become aware of, more aware of your thinking and be conscious about those thoughts and decisions and choices that you make. I, I hope that answers it, Kat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, HD asks, how do you deal with the fear of uncertainty? <laughs> it always goes back to my uh, same answer. You risk. I, I believe that wholeheartedly is that indecision, uncertainty is to risk. I mean, uncertainty, here, here's, here's something that I definitely know. Uncertainty comes because I don't know. And so um, that uncertainty is always going to be present when we risk. You know, if we look at, so we'll use the metaphor of the box. Anything outside the box is called the unknown. We don't know what it is because we've never had it. We've never experienced it. We've never created it. So, yeah, there's going to be some uncertainty. However, what you can be certain is, is that you can handle it, whatever that is, the win, the lose, the failure, whatever it is. You know, and that's another thing that usually comes up to is that we try so hard not to fail. And the reason why we try so hard not to fail, because we think it has something to do with who we are, meaning you are not your results. So if you fail, you're not a failure. However, unconsciously, we connect the two and think that that's, oh, I failed, so therefore I'm a loser, or I'm, a, I'm a failure. However, failure is absolutely a part of the process. You know, Edison was a great example when he was looking for the filament for the light bulb. So we build character by allowing ourselves to fail and then get back up and do it again. I think that is one of the biggest ways to build confidence. 
And it's not necessarily from winning, but the ability to get back up and, and certainly go for it and get that nothing is bigger than us and to keep going and get persistent and be committed. That's where commitment comes in. Big things happen when we commit. It's like John F. Kennedy committing to putting a man on the moon and we didn't even have the technology. I mean, that's huge. However, people rallied behind him. We wouldn't have cell phones and all the technologies we we have currently have if it wasn't for somebody taking a risk like that and taking a stand. So big things happen because we commit to big things. That's where greatness comes from. Our smallness comes from shrinking away from those things and, and being a flake and not keeping agreements and so forth. So choose greatness. Choose to commit to big things. Choose to take the risk. Kat, what's next? <laughs> I love that. Choose greatness. Absolutely. Uh, so we have a lot of people on the call who have not yet done our classes. Um, we actually have a lot of people who are, who are attending over the next month or two. For those people who are just getting to know PSI who have not done our courses, could you take a few minutes just to explain uh, what our series of classes is and what makes PSI seminars different from other personal growth out there? Okay. Um, that's a good question. So first off, if we look back at our thinking and what generates our thinking is that we had an experience that becomes ingrained in our memory because of the emotional investment that we had in that experience. Now, when we have that experience, we then make up a story about that experience, which then becomes our program or our belief system. So what I believe is so strong about site seminars is there's a lot of experiential work, meaning that we are going through the same processes that created those belief systems to begin with and gives us the ability to create new ones that now support us in moving forward. So the first class, the basic, I look at as an awareness training, meaning I'm now becoming aware that I have these unconscious thoughts and start to discover what some of that thinking is. So if we look at the iceberg analogy, we're, we're now going below the waterline and we're not only discovering what some of that thinking is, but we're also seeing where some of it came from. And so it's beginning the basic that first class is the beginning of the start to start to drill down to find out what is that thinking? What are those limiting beliefs and see that they have came, they came from somewhere. We created it somehow. And so you start to discover that. The next class after the basic is the life success course. It's seven days up at the up at our facility and up above Napa and Clear Lake Oaks. And it's a wonderful facility. It's, it's, it's out in nature and great educational facility. The great thing about that class, I believe, is an important piece in this work. And that is it is a transformational class, meaning I'm going to start – going through a process of transforming my thinking to a place that it now serves me. So we do this outdoor activities. So we get to experience physically, not just emotionally. So you get seven days. And if you think about it, spending seven days with yourself is, is pretty big and important. Um, someone once told me, and I, I don't know if this is true, but I, I do believe it. That what happens in that seven days in a normal real life situation would take seven years. And I, I found that to be pretty profound. However, I look back at my experience and what happened for me at site seven, 
it, it that uh, which is the life success course it that would absolutely be true the the two things that i truly wanted was to have my own business and um be in a committed relationship and it was as a result of that transformational work that happened in in site seven now this isn't about changing who you are it's about transforming your thinking so those of you who are worried about well i don't want to change it has nothing to do with that it's about now realigning your thinking that moves you towards a life of success and the more of the life that you deserve. And then finally are our men's leadership and women's leadership classes. So a little bit earlier, I talked about vision. So our LS classes deal in the superconscious. Now, I'm not talking woo-woo or anything like that, but we're, what we're talking about is that leadership of self, that alignment that occurs within us. And so what happens in that class is we start to see what we're truly capable of and what we have in terms of our leadership. Now, first, I've got to lead me before I can start leading others. And so often what I found prior to taking that class is that so many people I was following, however, who I was following wasn't leading me to the success that I wanted. And so I was giving up my power to all these people around me. So our leadership classes are about taking a stand for us and truly looking and going, so what is my purpose? What is it that I'm truly about? And accepting all of who I am versus trying to hide away those parts of myself that I don't like. Because what I found was I needed to know my shortcomings to know how great I am. And it's all a part of who I am. And so there, in life, what I found was I was always trying to cover up those parts of me that I thought were a shortcoming or I somehow lacked. But in true leadership and leadership of self, it happens as a result of accepting all of who I am. So that's basically the three courses that um, I believe all work together to create uh, and what I believe is true is to so that an individual can truly operate from from their potential. Um, now, I'm going to be honest with you is that is that you can spend, you know, three days in a basic course, seven days in site seven and nine days in an LS course. However, it means that you've experienced those parts of you, but now you've got to go out to your real life and apply them. So a lot of the questions I ask, especially if they're graduates and stuff, it's, it's that application, that practice of taking the work that you've learned and actually practicing it in real life terms. And so Psy Seminars has a great arena to do that, meaning after you've taken the classes, let's say the basic, for example, you can come back and re-audit the class, meaning that you can take the class, the whole class, or any portion of the class for the, for the rest of your life for free. Now, that's valuable. What I realized in, in coming back and re-auditing the basics, I'm in many of the basics, is that I'm in a different place in my life, and I'm starting to hear different things. Now, the class stayed the same. However, my hearing changed and what I was, and what I was open to. And so that absolutely supports an individual in continuing the work. Then we have staffing. For those who've gone through the classes, they can staff a class. That's a class in it of itself, and it's about your relationship with results. So there are many ways that this arena will afford you to start working the work and using what you've learned in the classes to move you forward. So, Kat, you got anything to add to that? Oh, you covered quite a bit there. It is an amazing 
experiential growth opportunity really like nothing else out there. So if you haven't yet done the classes, uh, as I mentioned before, you can go to psibasicseminar.com to get started there. Uh, wherever you are on the journey, the, the series of three classes, each one builds on the other. And you'll be amazed when you attend the courses how your life transforms five years later, seven years later, that all of that work that you did starts to shift how you manifest in your life. So I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, with that, uh, do you have a couple of takeaway points from your teaching tonight before I wrap up the call? Well, you know, if, if I really look at what moves me through this is, is two main things. Taking a risk and in that risk, taking action. I think those two things, just taking action, not sitting there thinking about it, However, be connected to why. What is that thing that, you're, that you want to create in your life? And, and have that be bigger than all your reason and excuses. Be unreasonable. Risk. Take action. That's it. Perfect. Great way to sum that up. This was an awesome call. Thank you so much, Gary, for sharing with us tonight on the podcast. Well, thank you, Kat. I really appreciate the opportunity. And once again, I got to risk. <laughs> awesome. We'll have to do it again. Yes. And thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. If you're getting value from the PSI podcast, don't forget to rate us and post a review on iTunes. You definitely don't want to miss next month's call. It's scheduled for Tuesday, March 13th. We will be talking with Kathy Quinlan Perez about going from struggle to serenity and finding the hidden treasure in adversity. You can register now at PSILive.com and remember to ask your questions in advance. Again, that's PSILive.com. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic course, you can go to PSIBasicSeminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as upcoming dates and locations. That's PSIBasicSeminar.com. Thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night. Good night.